green eggs and ham. And it goes a little something like this. I am Sam. I am Sam. Sam I am. Oh, that Sam I am, that Sam I am. I do not like that Sam I am. Do you like green eggs and ham? No, I don't like them, Sam I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. <gasps> would you like them here or there? I would not like them here or there. I would not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? I do not like them in a house. I do not like them with a mouse. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam, I am. Would you like them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? Not in a box, not in, with a fox. Not in a house, not with a mouse. I would not eat them here or there. I would not eat them anywhere. I would not eat green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I am. Would you, could you in a car, eat them, eat them, here they are. I would not, could not in a car. You may like them, you will see. You may like them in a tree. I would not, could not in a tree, not in a car, you let me be. I do not like them in a box. I do not like them with a fox. I do not like them in a house. I do not like them with a mouse. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. <gasps> a train, a train, a, a, a train. Could you, would you on a train? Not on a train, not in a tree, not in a car, Sam, let me be. I would not, could not in a box. I could not, would not with a fox. I will not eat them with a mouse. I will not eat them in a house. I will not eat them here or there. I will not eat them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam, I am. Say, in the dark, here in the dark, would you, could you in the, the dark? I would not could not in the dark. Would you, could you in the rain? I would not, could not in the rain, not in the dark, not on a train, not in a car, not in a tree. I do not like them, Sam, you see. Not in a house, not in a box, not with a mouse, not with a fox. I will not eat them here or there. I will not eat them anywhere. You do not like green eggs and ham? I do not like them, Sam, I am. Could you, would you, with a goat? I would not, could not, with a goat. Would you, could you, on a boat? I could not, would not, on a boat. I will not, will not, with a goat. I will not eat them in the rain. I will not eat them on a train. Not in the dark, not in a tree, not in a car. You let me be. I do not like them 
in a box. I do not like them with a fox. I will not eat them in a house, and I will not like them with a mouse. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I like green eggs and ham. I do. I like them. Sam, I am. I would eat them in a boat. I, I would eat them with a goat. I will eat them in the rain, in the dark, or on the train, and in a car, in a tree. There are so good, so good, you see. So I will eat them in a box. I will eat them with a fox. I will eat them in a house, and I will eat them with a mouse. I will eat them here or there. Say, I will eat them everywhere. I do so like green eggs and ham. Thank you. Thank you. Sam, I... I really looked for the cat in the hat. Hat, We have it somewhere. I couldn't find it. So a fish had to do today. Let's all give a huge thank you to Mr. Matt for our story today. And for our stories all month, I've had uh, numerous requests that uh, it, would Matt come to my house and tell stories. Uh, Matt, available for a fee to, you know, come at bedtime and read stories. All right, yeah, so Matt is available to do that. Uh, just, uh, just see him after worship today. All ages, right? Doesn't matter what age. Oh, he's busy over there. So I'm, uh, so I'm just curious, is anyone sitting out there wondering how on earth green eggs and ham might relate to the Bible? Anyone willing to admit, I don't, uh, okay. Like the kissing hand was about love and fear. I get that. You know, the, the other stories we've had, the crayons was about rescue. I, I get that. But what on earth does green eggs and ham have to do with the Bible? We're, we're going to, we're going to get there. I will tell you this, as we were thinking about books for this sermon series, we had a whole list of them and green eggs and ham was on that list. And I'm like, I, no, like I, it's just a silly, fun kid's book. There's not a gospel message here. And then... And then when we discovered, when we discovered the, the truth at the heart of what we're going to talk about today, I was like, I think this might be the most important message of this entire series coming from children's books. So stay tuned there. I want to start with a, a story, though. Maybe some of you can relate to this. I was at a birthday party once for a one-year-old. How many of you have been to a one-year-old birthday party? Probably every hand should go up. You probably had one. But here's the thing about one-year-old birthday parties. It's not really for the one-year-old. Let's just admit it. The one-year-old doesn't even remember the one-year-old birthday party. We do it for the adults and friends, and so we can really watch the child eat cake for the first time. 
right? I mean, that's, that's the fun of this, right? So I'm at this party, and it's, it's cake time, and they had a sheet cake for this one-year-old birthday and a little cake, and, uh, and they cut, the, cut it up, and, and the mom got a little bit of cake on a, on a little fork. Now, some of you are like, we just put the cake in front of our one-year-old and let them, like, just put their hands in it. That might have worked better, but in this case, they were very formal. So she takes a fork, and she starts to feed the cake to the one-year-old. And the one-year-old is having none of this, right? Hands go up, the head turns, the, the lips purse like they do. Mm-mm, I'm not eating that. You see, as we all know, this poor one-year-old, they'd been fed those little, like, that green putty peas. It's gross. And they'd been given, like, a little piece of broccoli as though they were going to like it. And they spit it out and gagged on it. They, they know, these parents, they can't be trusted, I don't know what they're feeding me, but this is black and white, and I've never seen it before. I am not going there. So the mom, she keeps trying. She did the airplane, you know. She did the helicopter. She tried everything to get this cake in the little guy's mouth. Why? Because she knows that once you taste the cake, it's like this amazing experience. She wants her child to share in that, that feeling of the of the. the icing melting in your mouth and the sugar she just she wants her child to have this this joyous experience she knows it's good but the child doesn't want to have anything to do with this and so she tried and she kept trying and she kept trying and finally she's like i'm one one last effort she just sort of runs the fork toward the mouth yeah it might have been a little dangerous at the moment the child puts a hand up and uh and stops it and gets icing on his finger and then what does a one-year-old do when they're dirty? Well, they put it in their mouth, right? So the one-year-old instinctively goes, and the face, oh, the face, just lights up, right? Whoa! And then the giggle and then the cry because the cake was too far away to reach. Eh, 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 we want more of this now. Some of you maybe can relate to this experience of wanting somebody to try something because you know it is so good. But it's not easy. We're resistant so often in so many ways. Green Eggs and Ham, our story today, it was, it was written by Theodore Geisel, who we all know as Dr. Seuss, in 1960. Three years before that, he'd written a book called Cat in the Hat. How many of you know the book Cat in the Hat? Yep. He'd written the book Cat in the Hat. And for Cat in the Hat, Dr. Seuss used 225 words out of a list of 348 words that were like an educator-approved list for teaching children to read. And his publisher, after that book became a success, said, I'll bet you can't write a book with only 50 words. In fact, uh, history says it was a $50 bet, and Dr. Seuss got $50 richer because Green Eggs and Ham has only 50 words. He was able to do it, to write a, a book with only 50 words. By 2001, Green Eggs and Ham had become the fourth best-selling hardback children's book of all time. Across the years, people have wondered, and they've asked, like, uh, did, was there a, a deeper message here? Like, is there something else in the story we should be looking for? And Dr. Seuss would say in interviews that other than a desire to help kids read and have fun reading, he didn't have 
He didn't have a greater agenda with this book. Perhaps, though, perhaps we might take another look at this story today and see if there isn't a message for the church. Not that he intended, but maybe that God could use to talk to us today. Right? Because Sam, Sam I am, Sam is bound and determined to, to help his friend, unnamed in the entire story, he's bound and determined to help his friend try green eggs and ham. Why? Because he knows it's really good. And he wants his friend to have this experience. And he sees, right? He sees that his friend doesn't want it, doesn't seem to even want to try it. But, but he knows in his heart, right, that if his friend would just try that, there's this wonderful experience waiting for him. So he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop offering. He doesn't stop offering the invitation. Different ways for his friend to have the same experience that he's had. We might say that Sam has a calling to share green eggs and ham with the world. Right? And he is so true to this calling, true to this mission, so convinced that everyone should know about the goodness of green eggs and ham, that he cheerfully and kindfully keeps offering the invitation. And do you notice, you notice how it, it's given in a little bit of a different form each time. It's, it's continuing to be more and more creative ways. He doesn't threaten. He doesn't insult. He doesn't judge. He just keeps putting the invitation on the table in front of his friend. Over and over and over again, he makes the invitation. And for those of you who have a child that absolutely loves this story, when I say over and over and over, you really get it. Because it's not a short book. <laughs> right? He just believes his friend should give it a try. We gather here this morning as a people who believe that there is nothing more important, nothing greater than having a relationship with Jesus Christ and knowing the love and grace of God in that relationship. We, we gather as a people who believe that, that there's nothing more important than knowing the gift of life eternal and the salvation and the goodness and the love and the joy and the peace of a relationship with Jesus. And the Bible says that our calling is to spread this good news, to share the goodness of this relationship so that others will want the same relationship that we have. So while Dr. Seuss didn't write green eggs and ham as a faith lesson, if we just pull green eggs and ham out and put the good news of Jesus in, right there is a model for sharing God's love with the world around us. Are we persistent? Are we cheerful and inviting as we offer this invitation? Are we determined even when we first hear a no or somebody doesn't want to seem to want to hear it? Are we determined to keep presenting? Not, not to drive them away, but to keep the invitation in front of our friends, in front of our loved ones, and in front of our children. Because we know what a gift this is. 
Do we make the invitation as though we believe that this is the most important relationship anyone could ever have, the most important decision anyone could ever make? It's the same message we find in 2 Corinthians. Paul is working with the early church. He's talking about his ministry and the ministry that he wants for them, for the, for the church. And he says to them, he's telling them why he does what he does. And he writes this, he says, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 5 verse 11, he says, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord or to be in awe of God. We try to persuade others. Paul says to them, he's like, this is what we're called to do. This is it. This is the, this is the most important work that we do. Sure, we, we've been with you and we made tents and, and, uh, and we held dinners. That was all fun and fellowship and important. But the most important thing that we do is we tr try to persuade others of the gift that is this relationship with Jesus. So we don't do this to try and make ourselves look better. We don't even try to, to do this to make our lives better. We do this. We do this because we know this gift and we just want everyone to, to know it. We want the saving news of Jesus' love to spread. And then he goes on and he gives us a glimpse about like how passionate they are about this. He says, if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Essentially, he says, if we are annoying, if we're Sam I am, and we're kind of starting to drive you nuts, it's because, it's because we love you. And we want you to know this love. And if we sometimes seem crazy in pursuit of this, it's because it's the most important thing. And then Paul writes this. He says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he was committing to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Sam was the ambassador for green eggs and ham. And he enjoyed that role. He let it be at the core of his relationships. So what about us? What does it mean for us to be ambassadors of Christ? Have you ever thought of yourself that way? Like in my daily walk, when I go to school with my friends, I'm an ambassador for Jesus. When I go to work, when I hang out with, with friends in, in my retired friend group, I am an ambassador for Christ. We represent God to others. I love how the message says this. It says, God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. Isn't that right? God has given us the task of telling everybody what God is doing. He goes on, says, we're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them.
going to help our church to grow again. Now, there, there are a couple of ways to grow as a church. One, uh, one of those ways, the first, the way actually most churches are growing right now is to, is to bring in people from other churches because you do things differently than they do. And the sad thing about the church today, for me as a pastor, is that that is the churches that are growing, the numbers say the churches that are growing are, are growing because people are moving from church to church, not because more people are coming to know the love of Jesus, entering into that relationship. So the second way for the church to grow, the way that I think God intends for the church to grow is for the people of the church, all of us, to live so on fire with this love that we know in our hearts, this love that we know that sustains us, this community that we know helps us to hold on to know that love, to live so on fire that people are coming to us and going, hey, what, what's going on with your community? Why are you feeding all these people? Why, why are you spending your time once a week with church people? What, why, why do you give to that organization? Asking all these questions and telling them, because we believe that the love of Jesus is the most important thing for the world, and we want you to know that love too. Churches grow when all the members, not just the leaders, share this invitation with their family and their friends and other people. And people often ask, so what if people don't want to hear it? Like, as soon as I start talking about Jesus, people are, they tune me out. We might think that didn't stop Sam. He just kept talking and, and inviting. He just kept talking. He kept, kept sharing because he knew how good this gift was. I think one of the things we have to realize is that sometimes what people have been offered before as, as a church didn't represent Jesus. And they've been hurt and, and wounded by that. And so we may have to invite them again and again. We may have to find all kinds of creative ways for them to, to connect and know that what, what we're offering is, is love and acceptance and goodness and peace and a way of life and community. Right? We, we have to understand why people can be resistant sometimes. We go back to the little guy. We can be offered a food several times and, and not want to try it. But usually... Once, once you're past the, we've, you've got to eat your vegetables stage of life, when your parents try and make you eat something, it's because they think it's really tasty and they want you to be able to taste it as well. So perhaps we shouldn't give up too quickly. Should keep offering the invitation. I don't know how many of you have, have read the, have read the, the book Green Eggs and Ham in a while, but if, if you'll remember, in the book, Sam is always like this. He always has this plate in his hand, and he's offering something. And I think sometimes we think, well, we, we just, you know, inviting people to experience is, is, just, uh, is, is just words. But it's so much more than that when we think about how we invite people into this relationship with Jesus, right? We can offer our time. We offer our time to, to people we maybe don't know well or people who don't have a church family or, or people who are, in, who are struggling. And when they ask, why are you spending all this time with me? We can say, because I want you to know that you matter to Jesus and you matter to God. And, and I know Jesus' love and, and I hope that you can, can come to know it too. We offer resources, 
right? We offer, we offer money. And when, when we're talking about giving in, in, in small groups, when we bring up the topic, hey, you know, we want to do something for our community or we're doing something through our community, through our church, and we're making this gift and we'd really love for you to join us in this effort to make a difference in our community. And somebody's like, like why, why do you do that? And we can say, because nothing is as important as the love of Jesus. And when we pool our resources, we can do amazing things, transforming our community by the love that we offer together. We can offer our support out in the world, right? Meals or errand running or, or showing up in times of crisis and struggle. And when, when we're asked why, why, why is the church providing meals for this person? Or, or one of my dreams has always been coming up with a way for us to provide meal train like we do for each other. What would it look like to do that for, for strangers, for people that we just find out are in need in our community. And then when they ask, why are you doing this? Why are you bringing meals to our house? We can say, because, because we believe there's nothing more important than knowing the love of Jesus. And, and we want you to experience what this love is like. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus too. I had about eight different plates, but I figured you'd want to go home at some point today. So... So one more, right? We can offer an invitation. We can offer an, an invitation to the community to come to our church picnic in August, or we've got a, a, a day now scheduled for a day at the zoo in, uh, in, in the first weekend in October. We can offer an invitation and say, come have fun. And this is my hope. This is my hope that we'll be like Sam and people will be like, look, you've invited me to this picnic like 14 times. What is so important about this picnic? And then we can say, because our community knows this deep and abiding love. And we want to know everybody to know that love and that they are embraced in the love of God. And so I, I just want to share this invitation with everybody to come and, and join us at this picnic or join us at this day at the zoo to experience the fun we have knowing that we're all loved in community together. We uh, looked at Psalm 34 a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you remember in that Psalm, David is celebrating being rescued by God. And then, then he says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you say that? Uh, repeat that after me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All right, let, let's do that one more time. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is David's witness. This is said to the hearer. This isn't just David saying, I've experienced. David saying, our God is a, an amazing God, and I want you to, to taste and see. And it's like weird. How do you taste and see love? Well, when a meal is shared, when you join together in community, right? David is saying, I want to I use all of your senses to, to help you experience what I've experienced in this love. So I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to, to just picture somebody in your mind right now that you want the very best of that hasn't yet said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Just picture somebody in your mind right now that you want the very best for this person. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a fellow student. Maybe it's a child who just hasn't been invited yet to make that commitment themselves. 
You want them to have joy in their life. You want them to know in each and every moment that they're loved. You want them to have the kind of support system to help them through the struggles and the difficult times. And they may or may not say yes to us. We may or may not know what God is going to do in the long run. But we can trust that God is at work in each and every invitation. Because we are called to be joyfully persistent in sharing the love of Jesus. Let me invite the band back up. As they do that, I've shared this story before, but I just want to offer this kind of personal note and testimony. I know that I am here today because a young man in college whose name I don't even remember pulled me aside and my, as I was traveling the country in my first job after college. We were on a run together and had slowed down to walk because I couldn't keep up. And he just asked me about my relationship with Jesus and how I kept it up on the road. It was just an invitation to talk. He wasn't judging me. He just, he was sincerely asking, how are you doing? How do you do this out here, you know, without a, without a church family? I, I couldn't live at college without my church family. He said that to me. And I think about him and I think I'm here today not just as a pastor, truly as a, as a Christian, because that invitation made me ask about where God was in my life and about my relationship with Jesus. And a month later, when I was off the road for a month, I, I was like, I gotta get, I, got, I, I need that community. And I went back to church every Sunday. And then God called me into the church, into volunteering, and eventually into ministry. So I, wanna, I want us first to hear that invitation ourselves. God loves you. Wants to invite you into, into relationship with Jesus. So there's no greater gift in our world. And our invitation is to go out and be joyfully persistent in sharing that invitation with others. So this was written by uh, Lisa Ann Moss DeGrenny, a, a pastor in Sarasota, um, Florida, United Methodist Church. I figured these were good words to end with. Let me invite you to stand for these. A little Seuss-inspired blessing. Go therefore and claim your call. Share good news with one and all. Listen deeply, share your story. Point to Christ for all the glory. Try and try and try again. What's there to lose? So much to win. Would you, could you come to Christ? Repent, be baptized, claim new life. Amen.